Welcome to the IY Podcast. Each week we will post the great messages that are preached at our Friday night services. So if you missed it or you just want to listen back again, this is the place for you. Let's get into it. Today, my talk is called The, uh, the Heart Matters. And obviously we're talking about the heart. It's in the name. <laughs> um, so we're just going to get right in. Oh, actually, I'm going to pray first. All right. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and Father, I thank you for being here right now. Thank you for being here in the worship. And Lord, I just pray that uh, the words I speak will be yours and not mine, Lord. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So in life, there's a competition for our hearts. Um, and the competition is between God and our spirit or our flesh or Human desires, all, all the same thing. And, um, oh, wait, sorry, I said that wrong. Oops. The com- hang, on, hang on, hang on. The competition is between God or our spirit and our flesh or the human desires. There we go, I got it. And this isn't saying that God and our flesh are on the same playing field or anything. Um, because God has already won the battle, yeah? He sent Jesus and, and died for us in, that he won the battle. It's, it's done. But what can happen is we allow our flesh to, to be in that number one spot, yeah? Um, and, yeah, our spirit longs to be with God, um, but this battle in us doesn't, you know, want us to be with God, Yeah? In Matthew twenty six forty one, it says, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when we sin, we are allowed the fleshly desires to control our life. And this separates us from God. And if we have sin in our lives, we can't enter heaven. Because heaven is perfect, yeah? And God's perfect. Um, in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 9, uh, yeah, 6, verse 9, to 11. It says, surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. People who continually engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. It's true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles, but now you have been purified from sin, made holy, and given a perfect standing before God, all because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and through our union with the Spirit of God. Um, yeah, but when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can enter heaven. That, that was the deal that God said to us. And it says that in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, I ask you right now, when we think about the heart, like the image of a heart, what do we think of? Like, thanks. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, yeah, we think, we think about love, right? Because that's what, when we go, oh, I, I love you, we do our heart. Um, and in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 7, 
I know a lot of us will know this, but I'm going to say it. Love is patient. Love, uh, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful, or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never let. Uh, love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So. As Christians, we should want to show God's love to people, yeah? And I found that for myself, this verse is a good reminder to make sure that I'm showing God's love to people, yeah? So if, if we read that verse again, but we put God in front of the word love, and I've heard, I think it was Pastor Jack, he said this before at church once. He said if we put God's Word, uh, God, the word God in front of the word love. The verse says this. God's love is patient and kind. God's love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. God's love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And, you know, I said at the start, we're talking about the competition in our house between living a godly life or uh, falling into sin because we know that God has a plan for us, but our flesh doesn't naturally live this life. So I just want to break down this verse, and I'm talking about the, the lover's patient verse. So... I know I've said it heaps, but this verse says, Love is patient, kind, not jealous or envious, not boastful, not proud. I have to, not enough fingers. Not rude. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't demand its own way. Not irritable. Keeps no record of being wrong. Rejoices in truth. Never gives up. Never loses faith. Always hopeful and enduring through every circumstance. Now, I shortened some of them up because they were long and, and they were harder as points. But my first point is patient. So God wants us to be able to wait patiently for things. Uh, it doesn't just have to be heavenly things, but stuff that we want. And whereas our flesh would want to have everything right now, yeah? Like we have things like zip money and what's the other one? Afterpay, that one. And, you know, they're all there because we want to have things now, yeah? And that's the world we live in these days. And I'm going to share a story. So when I was younger, I went to a shop, and if you don't know me, I like to play video games. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that. Um, But I wanted to buy this game, and... I walked into the shop and there was one left. And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to get this right now. And I was young, I was like 12, so I didn't have much money. But I'd been saving up. And, but I didn't have enough for it. So I went to mum and I said, hey mum, can I borrow money from you? You know, I went up to her with like my story, you know. The hands up, mum, wait, just listen to me, okay. Wait, for, wait a second, don't say no yet, okay. And I said, I want to buy this game, but... I don't have the money yet. 
can I borrow some from you and I'll pay you back? And mum said, no. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was pretty disappointed. I was like, okay, but there's only one. And she was like, no, I'm, the answer is still no. And I guess I kind of threw a tantrum a little bit. And I was like, I want to get it now. Like, there's only one left. It's not going to be there when I come back. And mum said this thing, and I've never forgotten it. Even to this day, I still sometimes have to remind myself about it. Um, but mum said that if God wanted me to have this, then it would still be there when I come back. And, you know, long story short, we went around the shops, did what mum wanted to do, and we came back and the game was there and I got the game. Yay. <laughs> I, had to pay, I still had to pay mum back, but, you know. <laughs> but... And I'm not saying that God wants us to play video games and, you know. But what I'm saying is I think God wanted to teach me a lesson in patience. And he taught me that lesson through my mum. And sometimes God uses people in our lives to teach us lessons. And, yeah, that's what he taught me. <laughs> yeah. So the second one is kind. God would want us to put others first and look out for other people who need help and just be a general nice person, yeah? Um, whereas our flesh, we want to look after just ourselves, make sure we're all right, and, you know, even that, if that means, like, you know, backstabbing a friend, just to make sure you're all right, yeah? The third one is not jealous, and that also means not envious, so, like, that's the kind of jealous we're talking about here. And so God doesn't want us to live a life full of wanting what other, people's, uh, other people have, yeah? He wants us to be content with what we have and being generous with what we have. I think I'm up to four. Yeah, four. All right. Not boastful. So I think this one kind of explains itself, but I'm going to go through it. God doesn't want us to boast about everything we do, but instead be humble. And in Colossians 3 verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Yeah. Number five is not proud. And this doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be proud in what we do. But it means he doesn't want us to be stuck up about it, you know? And he doesn't want us to be self-centered. Like, sure, you do something cool and be like, oh, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. But not go around going, hey, look what I did. I'm so good. Like, you know what I mean? The sixth one is not rude. I, I don't know if I said these right. Sorry, my grammar, okay? <laughs> so not rude. God doesn't want us to be rude people. Has anyone ever met someone who's, who's rude? Yeah? Um, have you walked away from talking to that person feeling all happy and, you know, and cheery? No. Um, and in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So Paul, because Paul wrote Corinthians. That's right. Yes. Everyone, I wanted you to say yes. 
Yes, thank you. So Paul in this verse is telling the church to imitate him as he imitates Christ. So in other words, he's telling us to imitate Christ. Yeah? Short, no, long story short, yeah? Now, do you think Jesus would have walked around being rude to people? No. No, he wouldn't. And in the Bible, there's never, like, you don't hear about Jesus walking around up to some random person and just being like, oh, get out of my way. Just like straight up. Um, number seven, doesn't demand its own way. God doesn't want us to be people that just, dem- just demand that it's our way or the highway, yeah? But instead, he wants us to listen to what people have to say and do it their way if it's appropriate, yeah? This doesn't mean you go and do stupid stuff just because you didn't want to suggest doing something better. But it means, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in us, yeah? So, you know, ask the Holy Spirit for confirmation on what to do in that moment, yeah? Um, just an example of that, like if I just got home from work every day and, you know, I, I do work a long day, um, and if I walked through the door and the first thing I just said to Bethany was, hey, I'm really hungry, can you get me something to eat? Well, not even that, like that's, you know, you know what I mean? Like just being like straight up rude, but oh yeah, I need, I need to eat something and then sitting down in the lounge or something, you know, just like straight up rude. Do you think Bethany's going to feel very loved? No, she's not. <laughs> I don't do that, do I? Yes. Um, not irritable. And this doesn't mean not being annoyed at people. Uh, sorry, not being annoying to people. I said that wrong. I had to look this up because I was like, hmm. So I looked it up and, yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean to not be annoying to people. This means not to be easily angered. And God doesn't want us to be easily angered, yeah? He wants us to sl- be uh, slow to anger and show grace, yeah? Um, keeps no record of being wronged. This one... Is one of the hardest ones for for me personally, I think. Because we live in an imperfect world, yeah? With imperfect people and we're imperfect, yeah? Because the only one that's perfect is God and Jesus. Same person. Um, And what can happen is people can do stuff to us or they can say something to us and that uh, hurts us, yeah? And we can hold on to these hurts. But God tells us to forgive. Um, and I know for myself that a lot of the time I have to forgive them many times. Because what will happen is someone will walk in the room that's hurt me. And the first thing that comes to my head is, oh, oh they've hurt me. Like, and the, the thing comes back to my head, yeah? And in that moment, I have to choose to forgive. I can either choose to be hurt or choose to forgive. Um, and forgiving people doesn't mean you have to trust them, again, because trust is earned. Um, but, yeah, but you forgive. You let it go, you give it to God, and move on, yeah? 
And sometimes it's easier to stay hurt to forgive, and that's why we stay in that place. Um, rejoices in truth. What this is talking about is uh, not enjoying or delighting in wrongdoing, but instead rejoicing in living a, a godly life. Um, so to give some context, Corinth, which that's where this verse come, comes from. It comes from the books of, uh, book of Corinthians. So Paul's writing a, a, a letter to the church of Corinth here. So to give some context, Corinth was an evil place with uh, lots of idol worship and sexual immorality. Um, so pretty much just gone against God straight up. Um, and it got to the point where the Lord's Supper was dishonored to the point of gluttony and drunkenness. So that, you know, when we have, um, what's it called? Communion. Oh, man. You know when we have communion and they bring around the, like the grape juice and the, the um, wafers, things? Yeah, it got to the point where they would just have a full-on feast and just drink until they're drunk. And that's not what God had planned for that, yeah? Um, yeah. So what this, what rejoicing in truth means is to, instead of going that way, actually enjoying what God has planned for our life, yeah? Um, never gives up. God wants us to live out a life where we don't just give up with, uh, when anything starts to get tough. Instead, he would want us to press into him and seek guidance and support from him. God is always listening, and you just have to speak to him. And I know sometimes it feels like he's not there or listening, but God works in more ways than we know, and his timing is perfect, yeah? Sometimes we feel like God's not doing anything, but he's actually got something in the works right now, and we, we don't see anything happening now because we want it to happen now. But God's working, yeah? Um, never loses faith. So God doesn't want us to live a life on the fence. And I know I heard this lots when I was a kid. You know, God doesn't want, to live, doesn't want you living on the fence. And um, what this means is God doesn't want us to go to school or, or work. If, how many people work here? Just put your hand up. Yeah, okay. Cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, God doesn't want us to go to school or work and, you know, act differently, you know, be swearing and, you know, not being nice to people and being rude to our teachers. But um, instead he wants us to be a light for him, yeah? He wants us to go to school and, and show God's love to everyone, yeah? In Revelation 3.16, he says, But because you are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, I am about to spit you from my mouth. So, I know it's a pretty harsh verse, but what I got from that verse is God would rather you be completely away from him than for you to be an on and off Christian. Yeah? Um, always hopeful. God wants us to live a life where we are always looking forward and never getting ourselves down when things aren't going the right way. And he wants us to always see the glass half full, yeah? I know a lot of the time it's like a whole lot easier to see the glass is half empty, yeah? 
Um, but, you know, who cares if you failed a test or, or messed up something? Just pick yourself up and, and you'll get it next time, you know. Just try again. Um, I, I've got this quote and I've I heard it when I was in school. I'm not going to say by who because people don't like this person. But the quote's by Michael Jordan and it says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost not 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life and that's why I succeed. Yeah? Cool. Um, enduring through every circumstance. This one kind of, kind of goes up with uh, not giving up. But God wants us to keep pushing through, enduring everything, never giving up. The way I thought about it is if a boxer goes into a, a match, right, and just took one punch, you know, anywhere, not to, not to the head, but like to the arm, and just went, oh, nah, that hurt, okay, I'm done. Like, that'd be a bit soft, right? Everyone would be like, man, that guy's, what's he doing? Like, why is he in there? But instead, you see these boxers get into this match and they get pounded in their head and, and all, like all through their body and you see them come out of the match and they're all bruised up and everything. But the thing is they still endured through all that. And, you know, in the end there's a winner and a loser. Um, but we need to be like this in life because who cares what people say about you being a Christian? Like, if you really love God, you'll endure because Jesus endured the cross for us, yeah? Now, coming up to a close, but I hope you've been taking notes, and I can't see anyone taking notes, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> but there is a fight for our hearts, and the decision is up to uh, yeah, the decision is up to us, yeah? God doesn't force himself on us. He has given us free will, yeah? He allows us to decide. And it says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. So Jesus wants to live in our hearts, yeah? And have a relationship with us, and this is why our heart matters. If you remember the title of the talk was The Heart Matters. And if we go around just giving our hearts to every relationship that we have, and I'm not talking about friendships. I'm talking about, you know, boy and girl relationships. Um, and if we go around just giving people our hearts and giving them to them straight away, we're just asking for someone to get hurt. Yeah. Um, and maybe you're sitting here tonight wanting to invite Jesus into your heart. And it's as easy as just asking. It says in John 3.16. Now, I know I said, this, I said this at the start, but hang on. I got a different translation, all right? So this one's from the Passion Translation. I know people don't like that one, but I like it. <laughs> For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. So 
We know that God sent Jesus, but we may not know what sin is. And I spoke about sin a few times tonight. And sin is just anything that misses the mark that God has set for us, yeah? And that mark is perfection. And the only one that was perfect is Jesus. But luckily for us, God loved us all that he sent Jesus to die for our sins and to take our sins so that we can have eternal life in heaven. And all we have to do is open the door to him and ask him to come into our hearts, yeah? So I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes, just for privacy's sake, yeah? And if you want to invite Jesus into your heart, just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry I haven't been living the life you want me to. And Lord, I open the door of my heart and ask you to guide me to live your way. Amen. Now, with head still bowed and eyes still closed, just so we know, I just want to know who prayed that prayer. And I'm not, I don't want to point you out, but it's just so I know who prayed that prayer, yeah? And I just want you guys to put your hand up long enough so that I can see it. Yeah, that's cool. There's a few hands going up. I'll give it a couple more seconds. Yeah, sick. All right, you can put your hands down. All right, everyone can look up. All right, cool. Um, is there someone on New Christians? You or me? Oh, Matt. Okay. Where are you going to be? All right, Matt's going to be back there. And if you put your hand up, I just want you to go up to Matt. Um, and he's just going to, you know, run you through what's next. And, you know, because sometimes we don't know what to do after this. Yeah? All right. Cool. Thanks, guys.